Hi there! Christ for Youth International exists to grow youth in fellowship and in honor of our Lord, to be like well nurtured plants and pillars to adorn, so we can reach out to our generation with the principles of Christ's leadership. Welcome to the Ahava Dantuman Podcast. We hope you are blessed as you listen to this message. Amen. This year has been great, right? I was at Madina Branch on, uh, on Thursday and I was sharing with them how we have had many wonderful sermons this year. And a good student of the word is somebody who goes back um, to read and then take the word again and meditate on the word. The word that blesses you and that brings prosperity and success is the word you've meditated upon. Not just the word you heard. God told Joshua, do not let the book of the Lord depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate upon it. So it's possible Joshua knew the word of the Lord, but it's the meditation upon the word that brought Joshua good success. And that's what made his way prosperous. So hearing once is not enough. We should go back and meditate on the word. Are you, are you in the house? Yeah. That's why Paul told his people that to say the thing, same things over and over, he said that it's not, it's not, it looks like it might be burdensome, but it's not burdensome. He said, for you, it is, it is safe for you. Amen. And if you've been in school, you realize that we keep saying the same word over and over one way or the other. And it's a blessing. Hallelujah. And it is safe for you. Never say that this word, I've heard it before. I've heard this verse before. It is safe for you. <laughs> Are you in the house? Yeah, don't think it's a problem when we keep saying it. Or No, it is safe for you. Amen. And this year is a year of glorious things. Amen. God was serious when he spoke this word to us. And so we must see a fulfillment of this word. Hallelujah. This past two months have also been great. I mean, every month has been great. Hallelujah. So tonight I'm sharing on um, cultivating the presence of God. Yeah. So, Adam, I'm really going to need you. Yep, but you you keep playing throughout. Um, Just calm down a little for me. So I'll really need you. Amen. So God's glory in the beginning. Um, when we want to look at some things, it's always best to go to the Old Testament or to look at the beginning to see how things were. For example, if you want to look at marriage, it's always good to go to the beginning. So when you want to understand marriage, it's not what the MPs of a nation will say, but what has been said in the beginning. So when you go to the beginning, you see that Adam was with Eve, not Steve. So that when somebody comes to say that, you know, let's vote so that now Adam can be with Steve. We go to the beginning and realize that from the beginning, it was not so. Are you in the house? So when we go to the beginning, we see what it looks like. And because the beginning gives us an idea. 
Yeah. You know, sometimes when you think about Adam, you think Adam has done as great harm. But in studying the life of Adam, we learn many things. And one of the things we get to learn is how Adam was in the presence of God. And we realize that he had a deep relationship with God. So, in God's glory, there's always a deep love relationship. That's one of the things that we see in the beginning. Another thing is that Adam lived according to purpose. Because God told him, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion. So, in God's presence, or when there's glory, um, we see people living according to purpose. So, two things that mark God's glory is a life of deep intimacy and a life of glory. But a life of purpose. But you see, sin came along the line. Um, Man ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. By the way, it wasn't an apple. Those of you you say that it was an apple. The Bible doesn't say it was an apple. I in the house. But he ate from the tree that God told him he shouldn't eat of. And then sin came. That was the introduction of sin. And Bible says, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The day Adam sinned, we all sinned. Are you with me? But God decides that, no, I'm going to reintroduce my glory again. So when you look at the journey, right, from the beginning, and we go to Egypt, Israel in Egypt, we see the journey, and we see um, we see God's dealing with his people, the prophets, the judges, and everybody until the appearance of Jesus realized that God was pointing us to the fact that there was something good that was going to happen. Even on their journey, in the stubbornness of the people, God still decided that he would dwell amongst them. He decided that build a, build a tabernacle, build a temple, and put an ark there, and my presence will be in the ark. So, You've sinned, you've done many bad things, but I still want to be with you. That's how blessed (laughs) man has always been from the beginning. Are you in the house? So, because of man's sin, man lost God's glory. And every time there's sin in a man's life, God's glory looks to be far or distant from the person. Amen. Yeah. So, sin always... Look, everybody look at me. No matter how sin is defined, and made to look nice on the internet, it still will rob you of God's glory. Yeah. No matter who it's coming from, once it's sin, sin always robs. There's there's nothing good about sin. (laughs) Hallelujah. So you might be enjoying it for a while, but it will rob you eventually. Amen. Colossians 1.27 to them, God will to make known what the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, man lost God's glory because of sin, but God introduces Christ. So, when Christ comes into a man's life, what happens is that there's an introduction of God's glory. So, Christ in a man's life is the hope of glory. No matter how the man's present circumstance may look like, once Christ comes into a man's life, it's a hope of glory. No matter how bad you think a boy is or a girl is, once there's Christ in the person's life, it is a hope of true glory. <laughs> Amen. So an introduction of Christ in any man's life, that's why you must never give up on anybody. That's why you must never write anybody off. That's why you yourself, you must not give up on yourself. Because once there, you have Christ in you, it's a hope of glory. Amen. And Christ is the hope for this world. When I look at the world and the many things and how people are becoming bad and how sin is abounding, it's just a matter of we preaching Christ everywhere. Because once Christ comes, 
glory is going to come. And at the beginning of this year, we looked at what it looked like um, when Christ comes. What, what does his glory look like? We said that when Christ comes into a man's life, the, the glory he introduces, where there's brokenness, he brings healing. Yeah. Any form of brokenness, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Healing, healing, and delivering those who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Yeah. One of the times Jesus stood up in Luke 4, 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Yes. The brokenhearted. Many people are broken. Yeah. They are dancing on social media, but they are broken within. Yeah. They are posing for the camera, but they are broken. Hmm. Hallelujah. Another thing, glory brings that where there's disorder, God's glory brings order. Where there's conflict, He brings peace. John 14 27. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Another thing, God's glory brings that He brings beauty for ugliness and unloveliness. Hallelujah. Any ugly situation in your life, you realize I make too many mistakes. Oh, I know a specialist. His name is Jesus. He's, he, he, he's, he's, he has a special a specialty at changing lives, broken lives. Yes. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, was a murderer. <laughs> in fact, he was arrested on his way to operation. Yeah. Yeah. One day, that's how the Lord will catch you in the guy's room. That's how your calling will come. Yeah. Yeah. And when you take up your top, now God will call you. It doesn't mean that when you close it, we should take up for our top, so God will call us. (laughs) Yeah. Where there's barrenness, He brings fruitfulness. That's another thing about God's glory. John 17 20. I do not pray for these alone. This is Jesus praying. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. So Jesus is praying for us. That you, your prayer must always go beyond you. So Jesus' prayer in John 17, up to today, the prayer is affecting us. Who is your prayer affecting in the next generation? That they will all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are. One. I in them and you in me. Right. So, Christ was praying that we share his glory. And this is God's desire, that you and I will share his glory. Are you in the house? When we talk about glory, when you look through the Old Testament, and you come to the New Testament, when you look at the Greek words and the Hebrew words for glory, the point to some specific things and I'll narrow down some of them. Now when you look at glory, you see um, the original translation mean things like honor, mean, mean things like worship, things like praise, things like the weight of God, the very essence of God, the presence of God. When you check the meaning of glory, that's what it means. 
So when we say the glory of God is here, we are saying that God's honor, God's worth. So when we say Christ in you, the hope of glory, we are saying that because Christ is in you, God's essence is going to be seen in your life. Because Christ is going to be in you, because Christ is in you, God's worth and God's God's nature is going to be seen in and through your life. That's what we mean by Christ in you. The hope of glory. Are you in the house? So that's what glory means. But for this presentation, we are going to focus on the fact that glory, when we are talking about glory, we are talking about the presence of God. Hallelujah. We are talking about the presence of God. Hmm. Let's go to Exodus. Exodus 33, verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Hallelujah. And I'll give you what? And I'll give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us. Hallelujah. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you've spoken for. You have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Verse 18, and he said, Please show me your glory. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed by the reading of the word? Yeah. So this is Moses. God has called him to go carry his people out of Egypt and then send them to the promised land. And at a point, Moses comes before God and says, that, Look, you said we found grace in your sight. And an evidence that an evidence that we found grace in your sight is if your presence is with us. You and I, by grace, are we saved through faith. So if we've truly encountered God's grace, one of the things that should be evident in our lives is that we are people who carry God's presence. Moses told God that if we are your people and we are separate from the world, then what should be evident is that we are carriers of your presence or you are with us. We are seeing your glory on a daily basis. He said this is the way. What was Moses saying? Moses was saying that, look, we want, you've said you are bringing us to the promised land. You've said that we'll get there. But we don't want just the promised land. We want your, your presence in the promised land. We don't just want what you supply. We want you yourself. And many believers want what God will supply. They don't want God himself. If we had a chance, we'll take only what God can give. And go, he should walk away. But Moses said, look, we, we are coming. We are, we, we are going to your presence. But look, forget about the promised land that you are saying that it's, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. We, we know, we, we believe your word. But what we want is that we want you to be with us where you are, where you are sending us to. Yeah, that's the blessing. 
Some of us define the blessing of God as, oh, now you've gone to Atlanta. Oh, now you have a car. You have a house. So this is fine. You say, oh, once you have this blessing, it means that God is with you. Doesn't necessarily mean that. Moses was saying that, look, you've, prom- you've said that you are coming to the promised land, but we need you to be with us. Show us your glory. We want your. He said that if you don't go with us, forget about this project. Forget about this mission. How many of you can say, Lord, if your presence is not in this job I'm going to take, I'll not take it. If your presence is, if you are not with me in this relationship I'm entering, I'm walking out of it. How many of us can say that? Yeah. As a matter of fact, if God gives us some kinds of relationship, we don't even need him again. Uh, are you in the house? Yeah. We will not, we will not need him. <laughs> and what did Moses say? What did God say? When I, I'll give you rest. Yeah. I'll give you rest. The word rest there means comfort on every side. So God's, one of the importance of God's presence in your life as a believer is that God's presence brings rest, people. Brings rest. The rest you are looking for is found in God's presence, not in a boy. Uh, listen, I'm not here to discourage you. The economy of the nation can change tremendously, can become the best kind of economy, but you will still not find rest. There are still people who are living in countries you want to go to who don't have rest. It's not about the country. It's about the presence of God with you. So we find true rest. (laughs) Hallelujah. We find true rest where? No. (laughs) Amen. We find true rest where? In the presence. In the presence of God. Tell anybody in the presence of God. Hallelujah. So that's the, f- the first importance of God's presence. That we find what? Rest. Yeah. You know you can enter a relationship and you'll be confused. You can, look, you can start a job and th- that'll be the beginning of your every, every kind of moral decay in your life. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you realize, you've started listening to some songs. Hey. So initially we thought it was the blessing of the Lord. But I realized that the thing has changed. Realize that the thing has changed. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you in the house at all? Yeah. So God's presence brings what? Rest. Yes. Can you imagine Israel moving the kinds of obstacles they met? Eh? When you pass here, this one wants to fight you. (laughs) Wherever there was an issue back, Moses knew the secret. And you and I tonight, we also know the secret that look, the solution to unrest and discomfort in this life is God's presence. Tell your neighbor God's presence. Uh, shake your neighbor and say, look, I hope you are paying attention to the preaching. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Rest. Hmm. You know, the original Greek word translated Um, glory, I told you, is rest, right? Rest. Peace of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Peace of God. Peace of God. Of you, you don't have peace. 
You are living in a house with four security men, but there's no peace. Are you in the house? Yeah. Some of you, you are in school, but you don't have rest. It's the presence. Tell anybody it's the presence. It's the presence. Hallelujah. First Kings 8, verse 10. And it came to pass, when a priest came out of the holy place, this went after Solomon had built the temple, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And you have to understand that once you are born, the Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So, God's glory must fill your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I told you, we are talking about glory. You see, we are talking about these things. Some of us, the pastors, we've, we've worried you people. Because we make it look like it's, it's far away. Like, I mean, it's something that's just for some people. But you see, the promise of salvation comes with it, the promise of God's presence with you. The fact that, you know, in Romans 8 verse 9, the Bible says that anyone who doesn't have the spirit of Christ is none of his. So once you have Christ in you, it means that you have God's presence living inside of you. So the promise of salvation comes with it, the promise. So when we are talking about cultivating God's presence, we are talking about getting to experience the one who has always, always been with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I say cultivate, it's not like you are going to bring God from somewhere. It's already there. You are now becoming more sensitive to his presence. And you are now encountering the one who has always been there with you, who has never left you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So this, we're talking about glory. We're talking about an experience of God. Seeing his face. Seeing his face. In fact, we take one of the meanings of glory. And people who encountered God's glory, one of the things you realize is that they saw the face of God. Meaning that they encountered his person, his presence. And as a believer, you must encounter God's person, God's presence on a daily basis. We are not talking about when you are fasting alone. We are talking about a daily encounter. Yeah. Peter was waiting for food to be done. The rice cooker was delayed. So he said he wanted to lie down. He fell in a trance. Glory. Waiting for food. He never said Peter was praying. Hey. And just waiting for food, he encountered God's glory. Hallelujah. Hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. God's glory filled the temple so much that the priest couldn't minister. Another importance of, of God's presence or cultivating God's presence is found in Psalm 16, verse 11. Bible says that you show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Hmm. In your what? Presence. In your presence. In your presence. In your presence is what? Fullness. Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Not, not half joy, but a fullness of God's joy. Fullness of God's joy. 
Some of us are looking for joy in different places. Joy is not found in a phone or in a car or in a relationship. You've been in six relationships. If you would have found joy, by now you would have found it. (laughs) It's not found in a supermarket. In your presence, in God's presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Hallelujah. I pray that we will begin to encounter God's presence every day. Because that's where joy begins. Yeah. So I'm going for parties. I see our generation looking for joy in wrong places and things. Jumping from place to place. Relationship to pleasure upon pleasure. But we don't, we never taste of joy. Yeah. It's always short-lived for the moment and we are gone. Yeah. Entire relationship so happy. But after a while, I realize you want to come out. Yeah. It's not, look, God has never designed that your joy will be found in anybody. Not even in marriage. God has not designed that his fullness will be found in him. his the fullness of joy will be found in even a, 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 in your marriage. No, it's going to be found. On, look, receive these things, else you become disappointed in life. And as you get married one year, you, you, you'll be tired. You, you say that it's, it's, it's wrong. You think that I've married the wrong person because you went to the different a wrong motive. You went to the motive to receive joy in marriage, but marriage doesn't bring joy. The fullness of joy is found in God's presence. An experience of God, an encounter with God, knowing the Lord, seeing his face, encountering him on a daily basis. That is where joy comes from. The solution to depression is not watching another movie. It's not watching a series. It is found in the presence of God. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence. And at your right hand are pleasures. (laughs) Pleasures. Pleasures evermore. Hallelujah. So, the joy of Christianity is found in experiencing God's presence. Hmm. Isn't it amazing how the, the, the presence of God is what we walk away from? First, going to look for something better. Yeah. That's why your quiet time, you can't be there for 30 minutes. Yeah. You think you find joy in eating. So, you're in a hurry to eat breakfast, to buy watching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, shake your neighbor and say, look, the pastor knows about you. The pastor knows about you. We are a generation that we have designed many things to bring us joy, but the more we design, the more empty we are. The more we take advantage of all the sources and the places of pleasure, the more empty we are. Suicide now in our generation is higher than before. But in our generation, we have everything that is supposed to bring us true happiness. But we are never finding it. We have every app. We have every movie. We have everything that is supposed to bring us a certain level of happiness. But we are the the saddest generation. (laughs) Hallelujah. So God's presence is what separates you. At your workplace, what makes you different from the rest of the people? It's God's presence. It's not you shouting, I'm in this church, I'm in this ministry. It's God's presence. Yeah. Look, you can have a tag of a church. You can put a church sticker on your door without God's presence in the house. I'm telling you. You can do many of these religious things. Yeah. You can wear a cross around your neck without God's presence in your life. 
you can tie a rosary on your left, your right, as an anklet. Yeah. As your earring can even be crosses. But if, if, if you don't take care, you don't experience God's presence. It's not about that. It's, it's, we are talking about a truly experiencing Him. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's, it's, it's a blessing to know that God encountering His presence is getting to experience the one who has always been wanting us to experience Him. Yeah. Hallelujah. How many importance of God's presence have I given to you? What? Okay, you just write as many as you, you think you've had. <laughs> uh, in his presence, we experience his life. Amen. True life. In his presence, there's life. What life are we talking about? Bible says that if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, how be that same spirit will quicken your mortal bodies. Dead things come alive in the presence of God. Yeah. Dead situations come alive in the presence of God. Yeah. You might think that your ministry is dying. Just enter God's presence or to come back to life. Yeah. You might be struggling with an addiction. You might think that it is over with you. One of the things that, one of the ways to deal with lust is to be in the presence of God. And one of the problems of our generation is lust. The desire for what is forbidden. A strong desire for what is forbidden. Lust. The foundation of every sexual sin is lust. Pornography. It's causing masturbation. Same-sex attraction. Every form of sexual immorality, it is always a desire for what is forbidden. And one way to deal with such things with lust is the presence of God. You know, Bible says if you walk in the spirit, you not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you stay in his presence. Yeah. Have you realized I've not been able to watch porn since the meeting started? How? Be- because there's, there's just... Darkness loses its power in God's presence. Yeah, the, the power of the, sometimes that's why you can be in a, pre, in a meeting and you realize that, hey, I don't want to go because when I go home, I know what is waiting for me. I know the kind of struggle that is waiting for me. Yeah, I just want to be here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you in the house at all? Are you being blessed? Yeah, so God's presence brings what? Life, life, good, the life of God. Whatever is dead in the name of Jesus, as we encounter his presence, uh, everything comes back to life. We hope you've been blessed by this message. You know, listening to a message once is never enough. Stay connected for more and follow us on Instagram at ahava underscore danswoman to get in touch. Remember, you are loved. Stay blessed.